What is going on? I want to welcome you from half court today being January 1st, 2022. I am your host, Sean Murphy. And today I am joined by one of my favorite guests I've had on this podcast. He is one half of the podcast of brotherly love. He is three cone on Twitter and on YouTube. And he is the biggest Oklahoma city thunder fan that I know. I am joined by Cone. Cone, what's going on, man? How you doing? Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, you saying 2022 kind of blew my mind. Uh, that's terrifying, <laughs> the fact that <laughs> that's coming around. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I appreciate the intro. Like, that was a, kind of a sick intro. Um, appreciate so it, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to talk hoops, like I said to you. Uh, always down to talk some hoops and stuff. And yeah, I'm just excited to be here. Absolutely, man. It's an honor. I mean, you know, I, I absolutely love your content and everything that you do. Um, you know, just love how you talk about the game. And anytime I see guys like you, I always want to hop on a mic and talk more hoops with them. So I'm absolutely glad that I have this opportunity. Uh, yeah, appreciate now, it, man. yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, Cone, if people aren't familiar with who you are, which they're way more likely to know who you are than who I am, if they're tuning <laughs> into this, um, what would you say? Um, like, how did you get your start in content? And like, what kind of content do you make? Yeah, so everything kind of started with NBA Twitter. I um, I kind of like fell in love with basketball in like when I was like, four, like 14, 15 ish. So like mm-hmm. six, seven years ago now. And like, I just like very quickly fell in love with it. And I wanted to talk about it so much. So in 2016, I made an NBA Twitter account. And I posted, I think, one Harambe meme on it and then never touched it again uh, since 2016. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the, so it was just sitting there. And then back, it was, I think, I think it's tw- like 2019. So like two years ago now, mm-hmm. I it was like my summer of 2019. I work at like this like parking lot. Um, so it's a very like, it's just a job where I sit there. Cars come in, they park. I take money. It's very boring. Um, so I was like, I'm bored and I love hoops. And so my brother and I, Ninja Bands on Twitter, I don't know if you know who he is, um, mm-hmm. but him and I decided while we were working there together one day, we're like, why don't we like make NBA Twitter accounts and talk about stuff? And I was like, okay, I still have this one from 2016. I deleted the like one Harambe meme I posted. I was like, we'll start off fresh. And yeah, so just since then I've been on Twitter. It really, it went crazy when uh quarantine rolled around i think going into quarantine mm-hmm. i was at like <clears throat> maybe like six thousand followers and by and like then like now i'm at fifty three thousand. i think oh right now gosh, which is man. ridiculous which both says a little bit about how quickly it's grown and also how insanely long this quarantine like pandemic period has been um mm-hmm. so kind of just blew up off of some memes and stuff like that coming from there and just kind of since then it's been growing this past year pretty much about like a year ago now I <clears throat> made the decision to kind of try talking on YouTube I'm yeah. a big fan of Kenny's um and just other YouTube guys who just talk about the game and I was like this is always something I wanted to do like it's always been a dream of mine to like when I was younger, I was always like, oh, I'll make like video game YouTube videos. And that never happened. And um, so just kind of the dream of being able to make content and stuff that I wanted to talk about and just talk about the game that I love. So I was like, I've got this Twitter platform. Like it might become, it's kind of more like 
a potential career path if I try going down this YouTube route rather than, you know, just posting random memes on Twitter and stuff. So I started making content and it's been super fun. I've been having a ton of fun with it. Uh, I kind of just make videos where I... I do uh, this kind of series called After the Buzzer, where I'll recap like NBA games uh, from the night that happened, kind of just talk about some of the prevailing storylines. I talk about uh, kind of just topics that are going on in the NBA reactions to, of course, mainly Thunder stuff, as you said, a big OKC Thunder fan. And so like stuff like when the Thunder lose by 73 points, I'm there to post a video right afterwards. Um, oh, so man. just kind of, you know. Yeah, that was that was a rough video. It was a fun thumbnail to make, though, because yeah. I got to make myself looking really sad. Though, honestly, <laughs> those are some of my favorite thumbnails to make because I think they're hilarious. Um, hey, as a Pistons it, fan, I can identify hardcore, man, 100%. Man, our reactions for the lottery must have been so different. Like my <clears throat> my lottery live stream when we got the six pick, I think I just sat there like this for like mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. five minutes and then. I know, I know I saw like uh, Nick's video where he like was going crazy and stuff. And yeah, so we're two very different spectrums of the lottery. Uh, yeah, I actually made the Pistons TikTok. Like they made like a TikTok mm-hmm. of like all the fan reactions. And I'm like, yeah. I'm the last one at the end where I was literally screeching like a little girl. So yeah, 100%. <laughs> a little hey. different, but, but hey, we have not had lottery luck since like 1960 yeah. or 1970. So believe me, I, I know that reaction very well. Yeah. So, Hey, that's fair, man. It's just like, you know, like there was the whole thing. The Thunder could theoretically get like pick one and pick five. That was like, that would have been like the dream crazy yeah. ideal scenario. And you take one plus five and you get pick six. And it's just a little, it's not quite what I expected when I tweet out. I think I tweet out like the, just the words picks one and five, like over and over again right. uh, on a tweet the day before. And everyone was like one plus five equals six later. So I somehow always managed to turn myself into a meme. That's all right. Hey, you know what? That that's the dream though. You know what I mean? Like as long yeah, as it's content. Yeah, exactly. Either be memed or be the meme. You know what I mean? Yep, and, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. You, you got to know how to control it. I wish <laughs> I could find that Harambe meme somewhere, but that's okay. I mean, Hey, you guys got Josh Giddy though. Which oh, like, man, I love all, Giddy. I'm yeah. super excited about it. Yeah. All things considered you guys, it, I mean, with how deep that draft was, you know what I'm mm. saying? Like I knew as long as we were going to get in that top five, like I was like, at the end of the day, I wasn't psyching myself up. I was like, you know, I wanted, obviously wanted Kate Cunningham. Every fan base mm. wanted Kate Cunningham, but it's yeah. like the thing where um, it's like, but whoever we get will be good. And so yeah, when we hit number one, that was absolutely insane. But I mean, like, you know, when when you guys hit six, I was shocked too. But hey, you know what? Like I said, Josh Giddy, heck of a player. You guys have a pretty good young core. I'm excited to talk more Thunder later. But yeah. uh, first, this is from Half Court Reach. And every week I sit down and talk all things NBA basketball normally with my guy Troy. But today I got the guy Cone. So we had to hop on the mic and do this. But if you like that, be sure to subscribe to this channel. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Half Court. You can follow Cone on Twitter at three underscore underscore cone. Be sure to like the video, share with your friends. It's on all the podcast services around the globe to your pleasure. But with that cone, there's so much going on in the NBA right now. It's absolutely crazy. Um, And I think before we kind of talk about a little bit of like the landscape of the league and like, kind of like what's going on with some of these teams, I think, uh, you know, first we got to talk about all these health and safety protocols mm-hmm. over the past month. I, I looked last night and currently 36% of referees are in health and safety protocols. Seven of the 30 coaches are currently in health and safety protocols. Uh, I couldn't even find a number for the players. It was, 
it's an insane number. I mean, you see yeah. guys even like even the even these guys that are coming on on these hardship contracts are getting in health and safety protocols already. Um, I had to watch the Pistons play with with the Motor City Cruise roster <laughs> quite a bit with Derek Walton Jr. being our starting point guard. Um, so it's been a really I mean, COVID's been a factor for the past couple of years. We've seen guys going to COVID protocols, but nothing like this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. the, the thing the thing that's like really difficult for me, and I think we all kind of are sitting around wondering is like, what what kind of takeaways can you take from some of these games, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, the thing that's crazy is these games right now could very well decide who's in the playoff picture and who isn't based off of who's there and who's healthy and available. I mean, we've already had 11 games that have been postponed as well. So Cone, I I just wonder from your perspective, you know, having to make content reacting to games each night, I'm sure that's been a challenge, you know, like what, what kind of things are you looking for and taking away from some of these games we're seeing? It's, it's really tough. Cause like you said, it's, like, I, I don't like to only sometimes just like, obviously, sometimes I'll talk about just the singular game, for example, but right. I kind of like to try and look at like, you know, those like long moving storylines, because in the grand scheme of things, most of the for most teams, one random game isn't going to like make or break their season at the end right. of the day, but kind of those, you know, storylines that go through. But yeah, especially when we're talking about like such like when we look at the Western Conference, like there are like five, six, seven teams that are all like right there in like and like it could be the difference between does a six seed fall to like the play-in tournament or something like down the line and it doesn't affect me as much as a fan in terms of watching the thunder because I don't expect us to make the play-in tournament like I don't even know that if that would be really good for us because we want to get a solid pick right so but if I'm a fan of a team that's like like for example like the Minnesota Timberwolves who are trying to make their first playoff push in a while yeah and like for this past week they've they haven't had Cat, D'Lo, Anthony Edwards like they've been missing their whole roster like I'm sure it's really really frustrating as a fan from that perspective and even looking at it from the players like Draymond Green was tweeting about how frustrated he was that like they had to play the Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets are missing a ton of guys themselves, but he's frustrated that like they've got to play them and like games are getting postponed. And yeah, it's just, it feels kind of like we're back at the start of things, which is scary, especially for like, not even just in terms of like basketball sense, just in terms of like society. It's like, <laughs> like I, I yeah. thought this was going to be over within like the first year. And now we're going on year three of this thing. So it's just, it's crazy. Like, yeah, I didn't even like the referee stat you said too. I didn't even know there were that many referees in health and safety protocols. If any, like, I guess I would have assumed there were some, but mm-hmm. that's not even a stat I knew. I guess the one cool thing is that some like guys who may not have gotten an opportunity are getting that chance in the NBA, For sure. which is some kind of silver lining, I guess. But it's just, it is really tough to kind of talk about these games and like find storylines. And for so many of these teams, this could be something that really like hurts them down the line what if we get to the end of the season you've got like the, like for example maybe a team like the lakers who've been missing some depth and stuff they have to play a playing game again yep. because they're missing some guys so oh we're talking about the lakers a little bit believe me we're getting there i but. figured we yeah i remember looking <laughs> at the doc i was like yeah it's probably good to talk about the lakers but it's just it's weird man i like i don't even know what to take from some of it there are so many guys uh, like I made a video on my channel like a week or so ago where I had my brother create a list of 15 replacement players. And I was trying to guess where they play at this point because they've been signed so fast that it's so hard to keep up with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the, like the thunder for the first, 
like like up until the, like a couple of days ago, we didn't have a single person health and safety protocol since the thing started. And now like half our, half our roster and our head coach mm-hmm. are all in health and safety protocols. So it kind of just hits fast. Like you could be on like, we were on like a three game win streak where I think we were like three and one in our last four and then half the team's out with protocols now. So. Yeah. It's insane. Man. Like I, it's like as a Pistons fan, I, we, we had avoided it quite a, for quite a bit. And then all of a sudden we play the Knicks one night, which I was like, all right, here we go. Because the Knicks is kind of like, they were like one of those franchises. I was hit pretty hard. And then all of a sudden, boom, literally in like one night, it was Cade, Killian, Isaiah Stewart, like everybody. It was just gone. Health and safety protocols. And the list Mm -hmm. just seems to be keep getting longer. And, you know, to your point, it's kind of tough because, you know, like, you know, on, on one hand, I think the NBA has kind of been the example of how, how, how leagues address this, right. Or how Hmm. leagues are going about handling COVID and stuff. And, you know, like the bubble was, you know, as, as much of an accomplishment as it was last season, the fact that that wasn't as affected by COVID with everything, you know, like outside of like a couple of examples, like I remember the wizards were hit really hard at one point last year. I remember the Celtics were hit pretty hard last year. For the most part, a lot of teams kind of got through that season without being affected, which is kind of remarkable. But now, I mean, kind of to your point, you know, with with everything going on with this new variant we're dealing with, obviously don't want to get too much into just talking COVID because, I mean, that's just all of our day-to-day lives. This is supposed to be a fun podcast. But, I mean, you know, I think it's just the thing of you're looking at, I mean, you're talking about guys are being able to make comebacks. It's been cool to see like Mario Chalmers. He just got signed to a 10 day hardship deal to go back with the heat. I love that. I love that. He's back on the heat. Did you see that Chris Bosch tweet out telling the heat that he's in shape? No, that's so cool. (laughs) And we got J.R. Smith doing the same thing. Say, Hey, I'm available. Yeah, man, LeBron's got a month to get himself traded to Miami. Bring the, get Dwayne Wade out of retirement, (laughs) Shane Battier, get things going again. I saw I saw a meme where someone said the NBA in one week and it was Dwayne Wade with Common in that one uh, basketball movie. He he was on the net. It was like, (laughs) yep, that's that's not far off. Um, I actually um, one cool thing. So a couple of weeks ago, I actually um, so Isaiah Thomas, he made his comeback to the NBA. But before that, he played one game in the G League. And he mm-hmm. actually played for the Grand Rapids Gold, and I live in Grand Rapids. So mm-hmm. um, I went to that game, and I got to go see Isaiah Thomas play. I actually met him, watched him score 42 points. And yeah, he then, went off in that game. Yeah, he went off, and Lance Stevenson was also on the Grand Rapids Gold. Jason Terry's their head coach. So, like, it was cool to see, like, a lot of those guys. But just to see, like, you know, like, I was like, man, excited to see you, like, start your journey back to the league. I didn't know that meant 24 hours later. Yeah, like, literally the next day he was on the Lakers, which is crazy. Yeah, like, he was literally sitting at home on a Saturday, goes to Grand Rapids on a Tuesday, playing in Minnesota in an NBA NBA game on Thursday because they needed him Mm -hmm. that badly. It's just absolutely insane and you know i i mean like even like joe uh joe johnson with the celtics going back to the team that originally drafted him has been really cool but you know now it seems like with uh you know with the the shift in protocols like now like they only have to be in quarantine for five days i think yeah um so Mm -hmm. hopefully that means we're gonna it seems like this past week we've been seeing teams kind of getting healthier like we like the bulls have all their guys back which that was kind of the first team to really hit this wave of all these guys being yeah. out. But I mean, whenever you see guys coming back, there's also other guys going back into protocols too. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the way that it goes. 
Um, so yeah, it's going to be absolutely interesting to see. I mean, even, uh, now we have Kyrie Irving out of protocols after coming yeah. back that one day. Um, what do you think of Kyrie being the part-time player, by the way, how do you think that's going to work? I don't know. That's such a, that's such a cra- Imagine going back to like 2016 and telling like yeah. NBA fans after Kyrie Irving just hit the shot, say like, yeah, he's now a part-time point guard on the nets in 2021. <laughs> um, it would just, they'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? It's just such a weird situation, man. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. And I, it's going to be kind of fun from a perspective of like, like, t- like people are going to be like, oh, we, we have to put the nets tonight. All right. Are we yeah. on the road or at home? So do we have to game plan for Kyrie Irving or not? <laughs> it's just, it's such a, it's such a weird scenario that like, yeah. it took so many different weird things happening for this to happen. And I, I don't know if it's going to be a train wreck. I don't know if it's going to work well either way. I'm super excited to see how it does go. I mean, there's no in between, right? I mean, it's either going to be a train wreck or it's going to work out absolutely great. Right. I mean, with Kyrie, there's really no in between, right? (laughs) That's just who he is. Um, I was listening to some, I was listening to some podcasts and I heard some interesting like theories that the reason why they're bringing him back is possibly so that they could try and get him to, um, get get his trade value up for a team, say like the Dallas Mavericks, who are in Texas and don't have these have these um, you know harsh restrictions that the city mm-hmm. of New York has. Um, so you know, obviously, I, it'd be pretty interesting to see if Kyrie Irving is a chip uh, come the trade deadline. But at the same, that would be time, crazy. He comes back as a part time point guard, plays like ten road games, and then gets dealt. That would be. Man, that would just be like the another crazy twist on this whole big this big three nets era has been so weird. It's yeah. been because they're a team that everyone looked at. They're like, yeah, they're just going to dominate. And then it's been yeah. like, oh, he, oh, like here's this injury. Oh, here's Kyrie with this whole thing. Like, like even before they had James Harden, it was like, oh my god, they traded for James Harden. There's just been so much with this team. Yeah, exactly. And then you have you have James Harden coming back um, th- this season and obviously being a shell of himself towards the beginning, mm-hmm. obviously he's looking much more like the James Arden oh, yeah. old as the season goes on. He put up 40 on Christmas day. He's just that kind of guy that, you know, he has to, you know, play himself into shape a little bit because, you know, he mm-hmm. likes to, he likes to enjoy his summers, which, Hey, yeah, I would want to enjoy my summer too. Maybe oh, I agree with way- that. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I wouldn't enjoy my summer the way he does. Cause he's crazy. But I mean, Hey, you know what? All the power, all the power to you, James. <laughs> Um, but yeah, absolutely. So I think that's going to definitely be a team to keep an eye out for. And, you know, hopefully as January goes on, hopefully as you know, we, the weather gets a little warmer at some point, maybe, um, we can see the game get a little more calm. Hopefully we don't see a postponement of the season. I think, um, you know, if the NBA was going to do it, I think they would have done it already. Yeah. Personally, that's, I've had some people ask me, like, do you think they're going to cancel the season? I was like, did you like the month we just went through, if there was any chance they were going to cancel things for a little bit, it would have already happened. So I don't yeah. see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. If the league's willing to let guys like let guys in their late thirties, early forties hop right back in and say, yep, let's do it. They're not, yeah, they're for, not canceling the league. They were like forcing the heat. They're like the heat were out of G league players are like, okay, so sign more. Like, <laughs> if, yes, like I- if we've got, if we've gotten past that part that they were even having them like take players from like the Spurs G league team. They're like, yeah, just borrow a couple of those guys for the game. You'll be fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. And all this was happening like during the G league showcase too. It's like, <laughs> these guys were like supposed to show up and like, 
hey, we want to impress these NBA scouts, but like they don't even have enough time. They're like, hey, we didn't even get to see you play. Come on the roster. Let's go. You're Bro, playing. I was I was pissed. DJ Wilson was carrying us. We made it to the G League showcase final. And then the Bucks, or not the Bucks, who signed him? I can't remember who signed him. Someone took him from us. I can't remember who's I was, Raptors, maybe? I think it was the Raptors. Oh, I'm looking um, up. Uh yep, he is he's he okay. is on the Raptors. And yeah, it looks he used like to be uh, it looks like uh, he's impressing too. So it looks like he might actually, uh, there's talks he might stay. So, man, he was carrying us in the G League showcase and we made the championship. And then the Raptors took him from us the day of the championship and we lost. I am still upset about it. That was, that was my NBA finals. <laughs> yeah, we have to find our finals wherever they are, man. I remember, exactly. I remember uh, us Pistons fans, like we were treating the summer league like they were the NBA finals last year. Like we all were expecting to go and win the summer league title. And then we very much didn't, but that that's fine. We all got to talk about that, but <laughs> oh man. Uh, but speaking of speaking of teams that, uh, that uh, have finals aspirations of some form, the, so the Lakers, I actually haven't talked about the Lakers very much on my podcast, to be honest. I've kind of, I've, I've kind of refrained because, you know, the, the thing with the Lakers is always, or the thing with the LeBron team, it's always, okay. The first part of the season, they struggle. People go, Whoa, we're freaking out. This team might not be very good. And then all of a sudden come time, come this time this year, they're like in the first in the standings and they're doing just fine. However, obviously that is not the case as Mm -hmm. currently the Lakers are hovering around 500 and are in the same part of the standings as the Minnesota Timberwolves, the San Antonio Spurs, and have a lower rec- and have a worse record currently than the Los Angeles Clippers. You know the team that's missing Kawhi Leonard and now yeah. Paul George for a significant part of the season. So, um, Cone, I want to ask you, man. I mean, first of all, I-, I know you've watched a good amount of this team. I mean, it's kind of hard not to, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think this team? Like, is there anything this team can do to salvage anything this season? Because they don't really have many tradable pieces. They really don't. Yeah. It's tough because their main guy is Taylor Horton Tucker, and he's been like, all right, like at times this season, he's been very hit or miss, but he's like their young asset. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think there's any chance he's still on this team by the deadline because they have to move him to make things better. But I think that, like like you said, with the LeBron James team, I'm never going to count LeBron James out. He's just right. too good, especially with the way that he's playing right now. Like, second in scoring, and he just turned 37 is ridiculous. Right. Um, he's kind of, like, he's putting that team on his back, but there are holes in that roster, and it's, they're just really hard to ignore, especially when you've got such great, like, basketball teams in Golden State and Phoenix at the top of the West. It's kind of like, it's kind of an experiment between what's better having some pretty, because like the Suns, I would say probably don't have a superstar. If I'm talking like superstars, like top 10 or so player, right. they don't have that in Devin Booker or Chris Paul, but they are, those guys are both phenomenal players and they've got yeah. all this incredible supporting cast and it's working out great for them. And then you've got the Lakers who have three really big name stars and a bunch of role players that don't fit super well. And it's kind of falling apart. So It's tough to say that they're going to like, I always want to just be like, okay, yeah, LeBron James is going to turn it around. And of course they have Russell Westbrook, who's my favorite basketball player of all time. Right. Um, So I want to see him turn it around, but they're just not good. 
Like they're yeah. like all like they're all right at times. Of course, it is going to help when they get Anthony Davis back. Um, and I do think that there is potential there. I just I don't quite know how they find it because yeah, you've got you've definitely got to get shooting around them. You could trade Taylor Horton Tucker, but you don't really have many other contracts outside of that. Yep. Like they made a move today trading Rondo for Denzel Valentine, and like that's the most whatever move ever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't really do much for I don't even think it does much for the Cavs. Like Rondo is like 35 and he's not very good anymore. Yeah, I mean um, it gets it gets them at least a competent playmaker to get the ball to Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, that, and that's then, about it. And then Denzel Valentine like doesn't really do anything for the Lakers. It's no. just a it's a it's a weird first trade to be made uh, of this yeah. season. But I just I don't know. Like I think a big key to it is can Anthony Davis actually hit jumpers? Because yeah. before the season, I made a video talking about how Anthony Davis was going to dominate this season because I looked at it. And, yeah, I know. Look at me cursing them. Um, but I made <laughs> I I made this video and. I talked about how I was like, it could work because Russ is such a good attacker of the basket. And I thought pick and rolls with him and AD could work super well because yeah. AD can either pop or he can roll to the basket. And with how fast Russ is and just how athletic AD is like, it's going to be really hard to stop. You've got to make a split second decision. And then Anthony Davis decided to turn into one of the worst jump shooters of all time. And that's like completely fallen off a cliff. So I do yeah. think there's still going to be a lot of growing pains. I mean, I, like if you get like when you get into the playoffs with LeBron James on your team and, and even Anthony Davis who and Russell Westbrook who maybe aren't the players that they have been, but they're still talented guys. I don't want to count out this team at all, right. but like I, at this point, I think they could they'll win in the first round. Like you have LeBron James, you're probably not going to lose in the first round unless yeah. it's last year. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like beyond that, I don't see this team beating the Suns. I don't see them beating. The Warriors, I don't see them being the Jazz. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't look good over there. No, I mean, and, you know, I think, I think to your point, I mean, I didn't realize, like, I I knew Anthony Davis was struggling shooting this year. I didn't realize he was shooting 17% from three. Yeah. And, like, one of the worst mid-range shooters, I think, based on, like, his number of attempts, one of the worst mid-range shooters of all time so far this year. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you have Talon Horton Tucker, who, um, who has taken on a bit more of a role and he's only shooting 22% as, w- as well. So, I mean, you know, yeah. I personally, I never saw Taylor Horton Tucker as this future star that like people on Twitter proclaimed him yeah. to be. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, over time was like, they have their fourth star right there. He's about to bloom. <laughs> and, you know, obviously look at that tweet is aging so well. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, but I, I think, you know, this, I think to your point, I, I think this season can only go as far as a guy like Anthony Davis can take them. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I think what LeBron was kind of hoping for, and I think what everyone was hoping for was that towards the end of LeBron's play uh, tenure in, in LA, that we would see kind of the passing of the torch. We would see LeBron kind of play second fiddle. We'd see Anthony Davis become that guy that we've kind of just been waiting for him to be right. I mean, this is, yeah. this is, this is year 10 now in the league and mm-hmm. so you know he's he's been a a star caliber player he's he's shown flashes of being a a top five player in the world I mean I, I think everyone would say that bubble Anthony Davis is the best version of Anthony Davis we've seen right yeah so now just to see um I don't know if it's a 
I don't know if it's a conditioning thing. I don't know if it's just the way that he plays the game. I don't mm-hmm. know if if just that that composition of that roster just really doesn't work because I just listen. I I I admire Russell Westbrook. I love his game. The second I saw that trade, I literally said that's a terrible trade. Not not because of like not to have anything to do with Russell Westbrook. Just that just LeBron needs guys that can shoot the three and play well off the ball. Mm-hmm. And those are the two weakest parts of Russell Westbrook's game. Yeah. Right? Um, one of the, one of the craziest things to me still is them letting go of Alex Caruso. Yes. Like I, I hated that for them when it happened. And I hated it more when I found out um, from that interview he did, where he talked about how like the bulls gave him their offer. He went back to Lakers and said, will you do this? And they said, no, he said, well, you do it for a little bit more. I'm willing to come back in a little bit of a discount. And they said right. no again. And it's like, like he's so he's the perfect player to like yeah. put next to like LeBron and you just like let him what it's just it's bad yeah I almost wonder like I've been thinking about this for quite a bit it seems to me like at, like remember after the bubble they go out and they get um they go out and get uh, uh Dennis Schroeder they get Marcus Gasol they they shake up that roster that won the championship so drastically it mm-hmm. almost feels like they they were trying to fix what wasn't broken, and it seems like they just haven't been the same Lakers team since that. You I know what I mean. Like I agree with that. Like honestly, yeah. Thinking back on it now, um, like it was weird because in the off season there were all these trades, like or people like, all right, like like when are the Lakers going to trade Kuzma? Like when when are they gonna like what are they gonna do? And it was kind of like why like why are they making these moves? Yeah. Um, because this was obviously like this was before like anyone even knew like the Suns were going to be really good. So it's not like they traded for Chris Paul and everyone was like, oh, my God, they've got to get better because most people thought the Suns were like a fringe playoff team to start off. Yeah. Um, like, I, yeah. People were saying that that was a playing team. Like, they yeah, could possibly it, be a playing team. <laughs> like, I remember I remember t- I will never forgive some people on Twitter because I spent all summer because I knew Chris Paul was getting traded. I spent all summer campaigning being like, here is why your favorite team should want Chris Paul on their roster. And so many people were like, nah, we don't want him. Like, like if there was like Bucks fans, like Sixers fans, my brother's a Sixers fan. And he's still always like, what if we traded for Chris Paul? And mm-hmm. like, I told people, I told mm-hmm. them Chris Paul was that guy. And Dude, people did not pay attention because they um, did not You know, because his thunder season was incredible. Like, I, I still think that might be, it's also kind of recency bias. And because like in a large part, because it was my first year, like actually what, like on um, like Twitter with this Thunder, mm-hmm. I still think that Thunder team might be my favorite of all time. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. just such a fun season. Yeah. And that's fair because people counted that team out. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was Chris Paul was just going to play until uh, he was just going to go play. And he was just going to wait until he got traded to a contender and it, it was just going to be the nice story that he's back in Oklahoma city after playing there towards the beginning of his career with after hurricane Katrina and everything. But then no, they were, they were tough. They were defensively mm-hmm. stout and disciplined. I mean, they scored the ball really well. They gave, yeah. they, they, uh, they gave fits in the playoffs when they were in. And, yeah. That Man. team was just, that team was so fun, dude. And, and it was, and, and, it was people truly just thought that Chris Paul was the problem in Houston and he wasn't <laughs> like, he nope. very much wasn't. And it shows. Nah. Yeah. He was, 
he was so he was so good that season. I I always think to myself, what if what if Dort had pump faked that three? Harden flies by and he hits that. If or even just if he drove to the basket, oh, if Dort hit that game winner, I don't. I think I might have gotten banned off Twitter that night from <laughs> the things I would have tweeted. After. So I, I maybe so maybe it's a good thing that didn't happen. I would maybe I wouldn't be here. But um, <laughs> yeah. So just, I mean, just going back to the Lakers, like it's yeah. they just. Like I thought, I thought the Dennis Schroeder trade was a good one because Schroeder was incredible for us um, right. in his season uh, or that season. I still think he was robbed of six man of the year. I will never get over that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was so good, and I like I like some of the moves that they made. Um, I think they re-signed Catavius Caldwell Pope in that uh, off season, and I I thought it was I thought they made some good moves, and then it just it kind of fell apart. Um, there was that LeBron injury to his ankle that kind of hurt them too. Yeah. And yeah. It just feels like, like after the bubble, they were like, all right, let like they did like the exact opposite. Like the Suns made it to the finals this past year and didn't even win it. And they're like, okay, we're just going to kind of run this back. Like we're just like, we are good. We know we're good. Um, yeah. We'll kind of just do this again. And the Lakers were like, okay, we won the finals, but we need to do more. And now yeah. they've just, they've no depth um and they're mediocre so yeah and 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 the the veterans that they signed you know like obviously there's a lot of names on there that we recognize right i mean like there's mm-hmm. guys like trevor ariza there's guys like wayne ellington uh like you know a lot of like guys that like historically in their career have been defensively stout can shoot the ball so like in theory i understood why there was like this thought of okay well they're old but you know they're veterans you know what i'm saying like that's going to be a good thing for this team but mm-hmm. I think if anything, they've, they've just looked slow. They've, they've just kind of struggled against yeah. some of these more athletic teams and, and they're going to struggle against a lot of these bigger teams too in the, in the West. I think, yeah. um, you know, I think the, the biggest, the biggest thing with Anthony Davis is his willingness to play the five and it, mm-hmm. every year it's like, no, I'm going to play the five. I'm going to play the five. And then it yeah, at the happens. beginning of the year, he was like, okay, I'm ready. This is the year I'm going to do it. And I think he's played like, he started like three games at the five or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's always like, I'm going to play the five. I'm ready to bang down in the post. Let's do it. Mid-range shots, three-point shots. Like, you know, it's God, just. It's, it's like the Chris Ups Porzingis syndrome where he's like a seven, three shooting guard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's because, you know, people forget like Anthony Davis, his natural position was point guard. Like he was a, Mm -hmm. he was a point guard before he was a big man in high school when he just had that huge growth spurt. And so I just, you know, part of me just thinks his game just never adjusted with, with that height growth. You know what I mean? Obviously, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously he could do amazing things out of the post. He's incredible. He's a great athlete. I'm not, you know, by no means discounting him as a player because he is a great player and he is he is that good to where he can change the fate of this team. It feels like, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I think if, if we're just going off of what we've seen so far, I think, uh, I think this season's going to look very similar to, to last season towards the end. And I think, um, uh, I think it's safe to say that going forward, this could be getting pretty, uh, pretty rough for them. Yeah. I think we're going to see a big lay GM trade mm-hmm. deadline. I, I don't think there are going to be many names on that roster that are the same when like after that Grizzlies loss, especially when LeBron's just standing there and he's like, I can't believe we just lost this game. Like he he was like looking over at the bench and to me, he's looking over there like, all right, which one of you is going to still be here after the trade deadline? So (laughs) 
I think it's good. I think it's gonna be a fun one. I'm excited about it in yeah. terms of like you know making content, getting to oh, talk about sure. the Lakers and stuff. Oh, it's gonna be great. Oh, hey, hey, they're feeding us, man. Like they're they're putting oh, food yeah. on the table for us. Oh yeah, so we... I'm about to make a Lakers video later today. It's gonna be phenomenal. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> You're just gonna keep refreshing that YouTube Studio app, just like watching. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> hey, Lakers get clicks. Yeah, they they definitely do. That is for sure. Um, but you know, uh, even I saw today that they're apparently they're looking at, um, possibly some off ball guards, like Marcus smart, Norman Powell, Derek white are some names that have been thrown out there. Good luck trading for Marcus smart from the Celtics. I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not sure if that's a phone call that the Boston Celtics front office will want to take, but I mean, Brad Stevens, you never know, but, Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of a good segue into kind of like the next thing I kind of wanted to talk about is, uh, I know you kind of watch a lot of basketball. I watch, I watch a lot of basketball. What's kind of been uh, when you go on league pass, like what have been like some of your favorite teams to watch this year? Uh, this is a good question. Uh, the Cavs have easily been one of my favorites. I love, mm-hmm. I've, I've become like a proxy Cleveland Cavaliers fan, mainly because Evan Mobley was my favorite prospect coming into the draft. Mm-hmm. I was preaching to people about Evan Mobley. I was like, this guy's going to be a superstar. He's like Anthony Davis 2.0, which is funny because we were just talking about how he's fallen off a cliff. Um, but <laughs> I was like, for yeah. bubble Anthony Davis, we'll go yeah. with that. Yeah. But like, not falling off a cliff, just not as good as he has been. Like, exactly. Yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll find his breath. Um, yeah. But just. Like I was like singing Mobley's praises and I was, and he said before the draft that growing up, he's been an Oklahoma city thunder fan. Oh. And I was like, Oh my God, somehow please get us the pick to take. Cause I, I knew the Rockets were going to take Jalen green. I was like, I don't even need the first overall pick. I just need number three for Evan Mobley. Yeah. We've mm-hmm. got a, like, we've got a hole at center. It would be perfect. And then we, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but we tied with the Cavs in record because Poku decides to drop 30 against the Clippers on the last game of the season. That's right. And yeah. We tied with them and we beat them in the coin toss to get higher odds than them. And that cost us Evan Mobley at the end of it. Like, obviously I love Josh Giddy. The dream would have been to get Giddy and Mobley with the Rockets pick kind of working out, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, damn man, Mobley's so good. And just watching them like, Cause I, before the season, I was like, there was no, someone told me like, I think the Cavs are gonna make the playoffs. I was like, there's no way in hell. Like, I just yeah. don't see it. And then even without Sexton Garland's an all-star caliber guy, Allen's yeah. looking like an all-star Mobley. Hell, you could make a case for him being an all-star and even like all defensive team. Oh, he had de- that- definitely all defensive. Like he, Oh yeah. He, he's he been just... like the best defensive rookie I've seen since. I don't know. Yeah. In our lifetime, like it's, it's been crazy. And he had that like up and under like scoop layup. That was so good that Kuzma gave him a high five after it, which was hilarious. Like the Cavs are just so much fun to watch. I love watching that Cavs team. That, uh, so they, pro- they've probably been up there. That layup was so filthy. Absolutely. Like, he, he just, his, his ability, like he just has guard like abilities with the ball in his hands, but also just that defensive instinct to your point and just everything that he can do, just an absolute freak of nature. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I didn't, I didn't know much about Evan Mobley going in. I kind of saw him as kind of a either boom or bust kind of guy where either he could come Mm -hmm. in and just absolutely dominate kind of like what, what he's doing right now, or, (laughs) you know, or, you know, he, he could struggle to adapt, but I listen, man, he has been nothing short, of of spectacular that's definitely one i've been 
I've been loving watching the Bulls quite a bit this year. That's too, another just, really good one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Just with that big three of Vucevic, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan having a, having a career resurgence. Oh, year it's, where, it's so un, good. Unreal, man. Unreal. Just the kind of year that he's had. The best player on that Bulls team right now, arguably over Zach Levine, even, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. After all the takes that like, it was a horrible like signing and stuff. Yeah. And it, which never really made sense to me because I was like, you've got great shooters on this team, even if DeRozan can't shoot, like it makes sense. It's like people, because he could have been an all-star last year for yeah. the Spurs. Like he was doing really well. And it was like people like didn't watch him, I guess. Yep. Um well people don't was, watch people don't watch small market teams. People don't yeah, watch our true. people don't watch the Thunder or the Pistons <laughs> or the Spurs. Like I watch him, I watch it enough for the rest of them. I'll exactly I, I'm holding down the fort. Um <laughs> you and me both go, you and me both. <laughs> yeah bro it's just like watching DeRozan play so I one of my favorite things is watching guys take over in the clutch and just like like those fourth quarter minutes like part like a big part of the reason why I love that Thunder team back in uh 2019 2020 was because Chris Paul would just take over every time and it's just so fun to watch those are like my favorite moments in games and so DeMar DeRozan will just go in I know he's shooting a mid-range jumper you know it the whole crowd knows it the opposing team knows it (laughs) and it doesn't matter yeah. Because he's just going to pull up right in front of you and hit the most ridiculous contested mid-range jumper, yep. and you can't stop it. And that I would love to see that Bulls team like do big things out in the Eastern Conference. I think that would be awesome. I would love to see them go up against like a Nets or something. Like, do they beat them? Probably not. They've got KD, right. Harden, um, Kyrie for half the games. If it goes seven, they'll have depending on you know how home court advantage works. Which honestly, at this point, the Nets, if they are going to bring Kyrie back, should probably start tanking to yep. get a road road court advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I would just love to. See, I can't wait to see them in the playoffs. I think that's going to be a crazy atmosphere in Chicago, and just to see DeRozan because now all the all the people are like, oh, well, can he do it in the playoffs? And yeah, which is always dumb. So yeah. I hope he I hope he goes crazy. Yeah, same here. I that's a 4D chess move. I didn't even think about that. Like having like if 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 Kyrie Irving's still on your team come playoff time, do you want to be the road team? That's actually a really interesting yeah. point. That I didn't Tank, think about. the guys start tanking for the eight seed, make oh. it in through the plan tournament, have technically home court advantage the whole time through. Oh my gosh, that's insane, man. I uh, yeah, and and that's even if Kyrie Irving's on their team come that time, we will fight. <laughs> that is just such a weird situation. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. But yeah, no, I think you know, and and that's and that's been like one of the things I've been thinking in the back of my head about this Bulls team is what what's their ceiling? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they, I think that ultimately they do have enough talent to where you could make the case that they could be an Eastern Conference Finals team. Like say if, if, you know, obviously that would require like Brooklyn and Milwaukee having to meet before the second or before the, the, the conference finals, you know what I mean? I think think at the end of the day, the East goes through those two teams right now. And it's tough to say that any team's better than Milwaukee at this Mm -hmm. moment, because that's just another team like ever, you know, ever since they got their guys back from, from their kind of COVID spill at the beginning of the year. um, I, I think, I still think that they haven't lost a game that Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday play together on the I think court. They lost like, I think they lost like, they had that weird game against the Heat where the Heat yeah. were kind of beat up. I think that might be, or at least that's the only one that comes to mind. But yeah, yeah but they've the, been. Yeah, the fact it's that rare is insane. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that team is just, I mean, listen, they're the champions. Giannis is probably still, you know, him or Kevin Durant's the best player in the world right now. I mean, to me, flip a coin, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're both insane. Um, but yeah, that it's, it's tough to see anyone going through the bucks in that, in that conference right now. But I think, listen, man, the bulls don't count them out because you have two, you have two guys in DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine who both can take over games. Um, and then I think yeah. you're seeing, I think you're seeing Lonzo ball, really his games getting unlocked in Chicago mm-hmm. too. Just it's because- such a good spot for him with all the shooters you've got. Yeah. Like he's not relied on to be that much of a score. He could kind of just spot up and like his improvement has been awesome to see from like yeah. three point range from when he started his career with the whole like shot like that type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just his improvements. And the crazy part is like Vucevic hasn't even been like Vucevic yet. Yeah. Like, he's been like super inconsistent over the course of this season. As of recently, he's kind of finding it a little bit more. And if that stays consistent, like the Bulls can reach like maybe even another level to it. So, yeah, for sure. I, I think, and I think his game is probably the one that's like had to suffer the most for the good of the yeah. team because just the way that he plays it's, you know, the offense would always just be tailored through him. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just, that's just how you would tailor to his game. But I mean, that you can't do that when you have guys like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan on the court, you gotta, you gotta find the way to get them the ball and they got, it's got to run through them. Right. But I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how, what happens when, you know, because it also just feels like they're just letting him be Lonzo ball to your point. Like, yeah. in, um, the Lakers, like it was like, you know, Magic Johnson was like, hey, I, your name is going to be up in those rafters. Like <laughs> you got to bring Showtime back to Los Angeles now. And now, mm-hmm. you know, he's in a place where that pressure isn't on him to be to be like the number one guy. He's he can just be himself. And I think there's mm-hmm. just something to be said about that fit. And, you know, he's, you know, listen, anyone that was saying that Alonzo uh, Ball was a bust, I mean, it's just the same thing of we're keeping receipts on Twitter, y'all. I mean, you know, it's it's out there. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, but on the flip side of that, with every team that's been fun to watch, there's also, I think there's been a lot of teams that have been really disappointing this year too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, I know there's certainly names that have come to mind. What are some teams on your end that have just, that you've been kind of surprised by or have, or have not been what you thought they were going to be? Um, I mean, obviously, like we talked about the Lakers, but I won't talk about them anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one team that's been kind of disappointed, I mean, they've dealt with a lot of injuries and stuff, are the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Um, it's just like, like they didn't go out and like, like I think most people realize one of their biggest issues with that was that they needed another facilitator alongside Luka Doncic and they just mm-hmm. didn't get that. Um and just like Reggie Bullock, they brought in for a decent bit of money. He's shooting like 27% from three. Tim right. Hardaway Jr. has really struggled from three this year. It's just been super inconsistent. And I thought they were a team that in kind of like a super like like a, a Western conference where like the Nuggets are really beat up. The Clippers don't have Kawhi Leonard. I just thought the Mavericks could be a team that could make a big jump to like yeah. maybe like a third, fourth seed in the Western conference. And they just haven't been that. Um, like I said, they've had a lot of injuries and they've missed guys, of course, like every team has due to protocols. Um, so we haven't really seen them consistently at full strength, but even when I have, like, I feel like they just haven't been what I was hoping to see. Uh, like Luca's obviously still amazing. He's Luka Doncic, but just the way that it feels like they're super, like they can get, uh, there was one game. I forget who they were playing. I think it was, I want to say it was the Boston Celtics. Um, 
but like it was the end of the game and they were like up by a bit and i just like the last two minutes of the game they just spent bricking corner threes from either side over and over and over and over like they would get wide open looks brick wide open brick and just over and yeah. i was like how are you missing this many wide open corner threes and it was guys like i mentioned like tim hardaway jr reggie bullock like doran finney smith who is a good three-point shooter but guys who you expect to hit those just not hitting those shots and so they're just more so maybe even than disappointing they're just really frustrating to watch yeah. and i thought they were going to be a really fun watch this year so yeah i mean even i mean like you know talk like speaking on luka Doncic, too he's still been luka Doncic, but i mean let's not i mean i mean the elephant in the room he's not in shape he doesn't look great yeah. he he looks banged up he kind of's hobbling on the court actively whenever he's out there you know i think i mean obviously he played so much basketball this past year mm-hmm. i mean just between the national team like putting them on their back bringing them to um i believe they got a bronze medal right um mm-hmm. yeah um so. yeah so brought that team to a bronze medal but on top of that just bringing them um just playing as much as he has and in, in coming into the season he's another one of those guys where i think you know as as stars kind of are, are growing. I think it's the, I think it's the lesson of like, you know, seeing guys like, you know, it's talked about all the time. LeBron James spends a million dollars a year on his body. Um, Chris yeah. Paul, he's changed the way that he's approached his body. And he's been, he's kind of been an iron man ever since, you know, he used to deal with a lot of injuries, but now he's been kind of more, uh, more available. I, I think, you know, um, certain guys, I mean, Zion Williamson's kind of been the story where he was supposed to start the season with this foot injury and be fine. It's, it's 2022 and we have not seen him yet this year. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Luca's just one of those guys where I think, um, you know, not saying that he's not putting in the effort or putting in the work in the summer. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not making that accusation at all, but it's just, you know, I think, I think for this Dallas Mavericks team, I think for one, I think, you know, figuring out who needs to be that guy alongside him because, you know, Kristaps Porzingis so far, it's not been a successful experiment. Um, mm-hmm. But on top of that, I think it's just got to be what what do we do to bring Luca in and be in the best shape possible, right? Yeah. Um, just because, let's be honest, he's not looked like that. He, he, he's looked great. He's still Luca. He can still out, even, even with all this, he's going out and averaging 26 a game. He can still just absolutely punk you, and it's never with his athleticism. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, we even saw, like, Jokic, once he got in shape, his game went to a different level. So yeah. it's, I almost wonder if Lucas would do the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just want I want to see more Luca. He's one of my favorite young players, so yeah, I want to see the Mavericks do well. I want to see him. I'm, it's going to be really funny to see how him and the Clippers end up facing off again because I think that's become kind of his purgatory. He can never – he can't face any other team until he beats the Clippers. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, man. I just, I thought they would be a little bit better. Um, Same. Yeah. In that Western yeah. conference, that looks kind of open, especially like another, I guess, disappointing team. We can like, you can kind of look at as the, of course, the Blazers who just yes. insist on running it back nonstop every single season, even though it doesn't work. And they're like, okay, we'll try it again. Like, yep. Like, like they're like, yeah, firing Terry Stotts is going to fix our inability to play defense um, and our inconsistencies. Yeah, that'll be fine. No, no. After no. after losing to after losing to a Jamal Murrayless like Nuggets team in like such quick fat, like it was, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, they yeah. they've got. I've been campaigning for so long for them to make, even if it's not the Dame trade, just do something, please. Yeah. Like. 
you've got to try something. You can't just keep doing this. Yeah. And it's like, listen, we all love, like, we all love CJ McCollum. We all like, we all wanted that team to be, to be successful, but yeah. um, you know, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, to your point, if it's just not working, it's not going to work, especially when you know, for a fact that at this team's max, it's not, a, it's not a final seed. They yeah. got to the Western conference finals and they were, they got blown out in the Western conference finals. Yeah. So it wasn't even close. So, you know, it's just one of those things where um, to your point, it's just so frustrating because I love Dame. I love CJ. I love a lot of these guys in this roster. I love Chauncey Billups. I wanted to see him succeed and be the coach of the future for this team to lead them, lead them to success. But at the same time, it's just one of those things where, all right, guys, it's not working. What are we going to do about it? And you know, um, that, uh, a trade that's been thrown around so much is the Ben Simmons, CJ McCollum trade. Um, Mm -hmm. but Philly's still insisting that they would want Damian Lillard for, for Ben Simmons, which, um, okay. Um, um, but, but, you know, it's just one of those things where to your point, that's just another team where it's just like, come on guys, let's do something. And then one more, um, you you actually made a video on this a few days ago, the Boston Celtics, um, this, um, I am a big fan of Jason Tatum. I'm a big fan Mm -hmm. of Jalen Brown. Um, it's not a secret that the past couple of years, they've just regressed like as a team, not those guys individually, but just as a team, they've regressed. Um, and they are currently 10th in the Eastern conference. They're under they're three games under 500, kind of the same thing where a coaching change was supposed to bring that intensity, that commitment to the defensive end, um, which, Mm -hmm. uh, which they have a top 10 defensive rating, but at the same time, they, uh, um, I don't know if they just need to break up Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, but it's not been, it's not been good. No, I've been a long time. And it's funny that we're talking about this right now. I just checked the Celtics Celtics and Suns are playing right now. Uh, the Celtics are up 30 on the Suns right before halftime, um, which is hilarious that that's right now what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so, well, that's... Hey, never mind. I guess they don't need to be broken. Yeah. Up. never mind. They've they... got a, like, like no Jason Tatum or anything too. Um, yeah, yeah. You guys are perfect. Yeah. They got Devin Booker and Chris Paul out there. Devin Booker is shooting three of 13. That explains it. Yeah, that that helps a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess outside of this game, um, yeah. it's just been like I've long time been a defender of the duo of Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, because I also like you. I'm a big fan of those guys. Jalen yeah. Brown has been one of my favorite players, period, in the NBA um, between I just love his on court play and his like social activism. And he just seems like yeah. such a smart, awesome dude. Yeah. Um, so I've been a big fan of his for a bit and just. I don't know. Like, it feels like I said in my video, I said, I feel like at this point, the only one who should probably be off the table is Jason Tatum. I'm, I'm not saying to go out and like deal Jalen Brown for whatever package comes up. Right. But if something good comes up, if some really good player comes up, like say somehow Damian Lillard becomes available at the deadline, yeah. you call up Portland immediately and go, here's Jalen Brown. Here's like some picks or whatever. Yeah. We want Damian Lillard on this team. Like you've got to try something, I think yeah. at some point. And I want to see the two of them succeed uh, because I think they can. They made it to an Eastern Conference Finals yeah. in Tatum's rookie season. Um, and they're so much better than that now. To me, it kind of just feels like they've been – it feels like they're almost like a sinking ship and they've just been putting like random like 
patches yeah. on a different like signing Schroeder like okay that was fine but it really didn't help them that much um like the Al Horford trade like Horford is a good player and I do think he is helpful to this team but it didn't really help them that much in the end or hasn't helped them reach their ultimate goal so I feel like they're just kind of trying to patch things up and I feel like it's going to keep being that way until they make a big move yeah uh, I don't know what that move is I don't know whether you trade part of me feels like maybe it's time to try and package like Marcus Smart who I think is a player that a winning team would like you package him maybe like another young guy and Robert Williams or something like that, right. which I love Rob. So it would same Celtics. If you're trying to get a team to, you know, facilitate a three team trade, want to send to OKC sounds good. Um, <laughs> but I don't know what it is. The Celtics are, they don't really have a clear direction because yeah. they can't go into a rebuild. They've got these two young stars, right. But at the same time, it feels like they've absolutely capped out and they're just, like you said, now kind of regressing as a team. Yeah. So you don't really know where they go. Well, and even then, like they've just been, they've been accumulating assets for so long and mm-hmm. it's been, it always just kind of felt like they were waiting for LeBron to leave the Eastern conference. Um, yeah. Well, Hey, now he's gone. And um, since then, you know, it was like, you know, it was very clear. They wanted Anthony Davis. It's very yeah. clear that they um, had interest in certain stars, but like, either they're just not available or they just have no desire to come to Boston, whatever it is. Um, they just, it just seems like they've just been still accumulating assets or just holding on to what they have. And to your mm-hmm. point, um, it just seems like the team around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like that, like that group of guys has just gotten so much worse over the years. Cause I mean, at yeah. one point, at one point they had Marcus Morris, who's a bucket getter. They had some other solid role players. I mean, at one point, you know, they had Kyrie Irving that was there and then mm-hmm. it was, Oh, Kemba Walker's here. Now that's a solid replacement. <laughs> that deal didn't work at all. Um, yeah. And so now you're just in this place where, you're looking for, I don't know if they're just still looking for that third guy. I don't know if they're just looking for uh, that true star, but I think, you know, I think this year, if if they're not going to make the playoffs this year, if they're going to be a play-in team this year, um, that that's just not good enough. And, yeah, um, you know, I, I, listen, I still don't know how Brad Stevens got, um, got fired from being the head coach, but got a promotion in the process. That's, that's a whole <laughs> other conversation for a different day. But I think it's just, yeah. I think it's just, uh, I think it's just symbolic of what the heck is going on in Boston right now, because I think it's just, uh, it's a crapshoot for lack of better. Yeah. Games. Yeah. It's uh, been, it's been weird though. I'm excited to see what Brad Stevens does for his first trade deadline as a general yeah. manager. Yeah. Same here. I'm, I'm interested to see what his plan is how different mm-hmm. it is from Danny Ainge, which by the way, the fact that the Utah jazz got Danny Ainge in their front office now too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Holy crap. You know what I'm saying? They're, <laughs> they're looking good in Utah. That's all I'm saying. Um, but speaking, speaking of teams that are accumulating assets, I did want to real quick touch on your thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just to name a few, you got, you guys got Shea Gildas Alexander, who is probably still one of the mo- more overlooked point guards in the league. Um, mm-hmm. some of the stuff he's doing, I watched him, uh, absolutely take over a game against the Pistons that, that the <laughs> game after you guys lost by 73 points, you then went out and, uh, Shay was like, Whoa, we're not losing again. And he went out and got buckets <laughs> yeah. against, against, we needed Detroit. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I, I knew that was going to be a rough night for us. Um, <laughs> but then you got Josh Giddy, who's been, who's been absolutely fantastic. You guys got Lou Dort who, who is absolutely awesome. I mean, just to name a few, but I think, uh, I think my question would be to those that aren't paying attention 
what should what should the NBA know about this Thunder's rebuild that's coming up? Gotcha. That's a good question. Um, yeah, so it, at this point, it's kind of just a waiting game at this moment. Uh, obviously, we have uh, more first-round picks than even at this point. I've checked the numbers so many times, and I still forget because it feels like, oh, I oh, whoops, I forgot about that one from like 2020 like like 2089 or something like that mm-hmm. so it's just so many assets and everyone's always like oh like like why do the thunder need all these picks like they can't draft all these players like why like shay's like gotta leave because their timelines whatever um i think people kind of forget what we can do with the picks you don't have uh-huh. to draft players with picks um if if say a couple years down the, or say like next year we're starting to show some promise and a young star uh, the name I always go to is Carl Anthony Towns for some reason. So he's also the example I'm just going to use here. Although yeah. Timberwolves, shout to y'all playing well. Um, yeah. But say like a young star is like, I want out. And Oklahoma City goes to them and goes, hey, we'll trade you this young piece and 10 first round picks. Yeah. Like they're not going to get much of a better offer anywhere else. Right. So for a team in Oklahoma City, free agency really isn't an option. So you've got to build right. through the draft. And as we saw with the Paul George trade, you can also, you find someone disgruntled, you go out and make a move for them. Mm-hmm. And so if there's a disgruntled star, we can go out and grab him. Or say we go into next, in this upcoming draft, we have the Clippers who are now without Paul George and have a really tough schedule coming up. They mm-hmm. could end up in the lottery. And then there's a potential for our lottery pick plus theirs um, the lottery odds suck as I learned, as you did not learn. Um, uh, Hey, Hey, Matt, we got it one year. <laughs> I, we, we, we've had it bad plenty of years. I've seen plenty of dud drafts. That's fair. Believe me. That's fair. I'm just, I'm still just a little salty. Um, Hey, that's but... okay. I got Kate Cunningham. <laughs> Be, keep being salty anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so as like, as you can, as you see, like lottery odds suck. So to right. get as many assets as you can to optimize those opportunities, because now we will have potentially two chances at winning that lottery. Even if they're low, that's still better odds than we would have, even though like say this past year with the Rockets pick, we had a chance to get two top five picks. It didn't work out, but there were still those better odds. So you've just got to do your best to get better odds. Say we get like a fourth overall pick and we want like the third or the second. And we've got this extra lottery pick from the Clippers, or even if it's not lottery, it's like fringe lottery. We can package those two. We've got future assets to trade up in the draft. Like even when you're a contending team, say down the line, we're contending in like 2025. And one of those Clippers picks, the Clippers are bad now is like a top 10 pick. And we're a contending team at that point. There's just what Sam Presti's kind of done is open up so many doors and possibilities, which so it makes it kind of hard to like envision exactly how the rebuild's going to go because one, um, he's insane and could just kind of deal guys whenever. Um, yep. But also just with all like the picks and stuff, it's it's kind of just a fun time to be a Thunder fan because I never quite know, like I don't quite know which direction we're heading. Obviously yeah. the game plan is championship, but no one has ever like accumulated assets the way that Sam Presti has. Yeah. Like this is, a record number of draft picks by a big margin unprecedented absolutely unprecedented. so yeah combine that with like the young talent like you mentioned shay shay is incredible uh my favorite player Mm -hmm. he's uh he's an all-star caliber guy averaging like 26 points per game this month and his three balls not even falling so when that starts falling things are going to get even scarier um dort is 
also an amazing player, like you mentioned. I mm-hmm. think he should be most improved player talks. He's turning into a three-point shooter consistently, um, plays great defense. Josh Giddy's playmaking. He has one pass every game where I go, how the hell did that just happen? Yep. Um, at least one, that is. And um, you bring in other guys like Aaron Wiggins, who at the 55th overall pick has been impressing. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who's been a top 10 rookie this season in the second round. Uh, Trey Mann has like elite, he's already like kind of a really, really good space creator for himself offensively with some defensive flashes there's just so much young talent and so much potential on this roster of course probably not all of these guys will be here by the time we're contending because that's just kind of the reality of the nba but just it's real it's if you're not watching the thunder i know the 73 point loss will probably turn some automatically turn some people off yeah but i like i recommend it like we are even if we're not good we're a really fun young team and it's kind of cool to watch like young teams play um before they're even good so like as they get better you can kind of be like oh like that i like i saw that progression from that guy and that's been one of the most fun parts because this is the first time that i've been a fan during a rebuild because Mm -hmm. the thunder have just been good like since almost the beginning yeah um, outside of like that first season and so to go through it kind of one one of the most fun parts is to watch these young guys like i think a good example is a guy like poku who has been has shown so many like incredible, like he's got to put it together consistently, but he's shown a ton of incredible flashes and to see him like, like I'll see him make one play and be like, Oh, that was a mistake. And then like a few games later do the exact same thing, but kind of fix it and just see that growth. See Dort go from this two-way player to dropping 30 in a game seven against the Rockets to now becoming like a legit second option for us. Um, it's just super fun to watch. And I think that's one of the more being, a, I'm being a fan of a rebuilding team is super weird because it's like you lose and you're like, Oh, that's fine. Like typically yep. I'm used to being really mad about losses. Yep. Um, but so that's kind of weird. And like the whole lottery thing, that's super, that's more stressful than I ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, the fate just, of your it, franchise is literally decided by a ping pong ball. Yep. It's like insane. three, three ping pong balls down bounce differently. Like, who knows what could ha- what could happen, but yep. it's just fun. I'm going along for the ride, um, and I'm excited to see where this rebuild goes. If I had to put kind of like a timeline on it, I would say maybe next year. I guess it kind of, it always depends on, like you said, how the ping pong balls go. Um, right. But with the way that Shea's playing, the way that Dort's progressing, I'm hopeful that next year, I think that next year this team could maybe be like kind of a playing team or like right around kind of that tier maybe. And then after that, who knows? Like, because it depends. That's two drafts in the future now. Um so there's a lot of, a lot of mystery to it, but I'm just kind of along for the ride. And I do think even though we're young, not very good, it's still a super fun watch. Yeah. Um, so check out some Thunder games if you have. Yeah. And people just automatically, you know, to your point, like, te- like people only want to like tune into the teams that like have the stars on them or who are winning. But like, you know, listen, mm-hmm. like I think, um, you know, if you actually tune into a lot of these young teams and a lot of these rebuilding teams, um, I think there's a lot there that you can learn and also just a lot of I mean, listen, a lot of these guys play really hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as a fan who also is, a, who is a fan of a team that, that is rebuilding. I mean, we've only won five games this year so far still. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I've been watching a decent amount of Thunder games because, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of yours, but also because I'll see, you know, I'll see like, I'll see them playing against like the Suns or I'll see them playing against like a more prominent team and like just watching how, the, like how these young guys match up. And like, you know, Shay's like one of those guys, you know, to your point where like, you know, I think, I think just, 
you know, the ceiling there is, is pretty darn high, especially with mm-hmm. what they can do to build around them. Because to your point, um, you know, it's really the timeline is whenever, whenever it's right. You know what I mean? Like with all these yeah. guys, like, you know, it, it's been shown the best way to rebuild is to like, you know, have as many shots at, at, at getting the draft pick right as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have more shots at getting that right than any team in the history of the NBA. It seems like. Yeah. So we, we better get it right. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But I mean, also to your point, you can also use those picks and go make your own fate. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the true beauty of it. So, um, you know, I think even though obviously, you know, you guys right now are towards the the bottom of the Western conference, you know, 12 and 22, all things considered is still pretty pretty darn good for a rebuilding team especially for where you guys are at poku seeing the photos of him post game like his post game fits and stuff are some <laughs> of my favorite things to see on the face of the planet um walking meme and i absolutely love it but he can also hoop mm-hmm. um you know and and hey uh thanks for troy weaver by the way absolutely absolutely appreciate that <laughs> hey, th- hey thunder legend thunder yeah. legend yeah hey he's the one that uh he was the one that wanted to draft russell westbrook so um, you know, mm-hmm. now we got that eye in Detroit. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited to have him, but yeah, no, I think the thunder's future is just the, the future's so bright. It is insanely bright. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, yeah, it's all just a matter of probably the toughest thing is like, when do you cash in, you know, yeah. um, like the Phoenix suns, I think did it perfectly yeah, like cashing in off their bubble momentum. They're like, we're going to go get Chris Paul and yep. made the finals. Uh, you have like the Hawks who are like, we're going to cash in, make these big free agent moves. And even the season before, like we're going to trade for Clint Capella cashed in, made an Eastern conference finals run. So uh, I think that's the bulls. They cashed in. They went and got, they Vucevic. did. Yeah. Yeah. So they got, got Vucevic went outside to Rosen, brought in Lonzo, Alex Caruso, and bam, here they are. Yep. Um, so it's always, that's always the question is like, when do we cash in? And I'm excited for that. That first, like when, cause at some point we're going to trade for a star. It's going to happen yep. at some point. And that's kind of cool to know that like at some point, something cool is going to happen. I don't know when, yeah, uh, it probably won't be for a couple of years, but when it mm-hmm. happens, I'll remember this. So yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I'm in the same spot where it's like, man, I'm excited to see when Detroit cashes in and we can finally be prominent in the playoff picture. Um, it, yeah, man, it's just, uh, you know, I, as, as fans of rebuilding teams, I think we're going to have some fun years to come. Hey, who knows? Hey, Cone, just imagine, imagine five years from now, we're talking about a Pistons thunder finals. We got Cade versus Shea going off on ABC. ESPN's, ESPN's burning down because it's a Pistons <laughs> thunder finals. Dude, uh, Stephen, Stephen A. Smith would throw a riot. He quit his job on the spot. Uh, Cause he doesn't get to go to Los Angeles. Bro. It would be. Man, I I hope that happens. If that happens, we'll meet up at a game. Oh, absolutely. I, We're I will, absolutely I will fly that. out to Detroit and we'll meet up. Hey, hey, who knows? We could both be covering it. We never know, man. Hey, uh, that's true. We'll see. Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, speaking of bright futures, Cone, you have one, man. And, dude, seriously, thank you so much. for. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Dude, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at 3 underscore cone you can find him on youtube at three cone as well and also the podcast of brotherly love on twitter as well be on the lookout for that uh december 9th they posted the 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 dead man coming out of the grave so we'll be on it's, the lookout for that it's gonna be coming back soon we're gonna get it back up and going i'm excited about it well hey if you're ever looking for a guest man i'd love to hop on oh 100 percent oh, man yeah i kind of want to 
uh, we we had Nick on before it like kind of like fell apart after yeah. uh, kind of just getting busy with my brother and I's schedules. So, I mean, I would love to have like a Pistons super team type episode where we bring y'all on. <laughs> oh, uh, dude, I feel like that'd, that'd be, be fun. So, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll DM you at some point. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll we'll definitely be in touch. This has been a lot of fun, but hey, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much again. Uh, this is from Afcourt each and every week. Me and my buddy Troy, whoever joins, gets to talk all things NBA basketball. So if you like that, be sure to subscribe to the channel, leave a like, leave a positive review, and share with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Halfcourt. And thank you so much for watching. And I will catch you next time from Afcourt. Be sure to subscribe.